everyone and welcome back to Bench Busted FPL. We've taken a little bit of a break because myself and Nick were busy, but we are back now ready and raring to go to tackle the final 10 or so games of the season. As always, I am joined by Nick. Nick, how are you doing this week? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. I've got two whole weeks of pent-up FPL energy that I'm willing to (laughs) unleash on the podcast. Honestly, I cannot wait. Obviously, as I say, we were both fairly busy last week around uh, when we would normally record the podcast. But as I say, we are back, ready to go, getting into the nitty gritty part of the season. We've had a couple of game weeks come and go since the last time we sat down and spoke. Obviously, game week 27, a distant memory now. I didn't do too great. I don't know how you did in that game week, but we aren't going to spend too long dwelling on the past because we can't change that. What we can focus on, though, is Double Gaming 28, which we are in the middle of at the moment. We've still got a few more games left to be played uh, this evening. And uh, yeah, we can then move on to talk about how we are going to be setting ourselves up going into uh, this sort of busy period with a lot of fixtures coming up. Uh, still some games that ha- that were postponed earlier on in the season that still need to be rearranged. And of course, you know, we need to be able to be prepared to tackle those games and the game weeks that do come up. We're in game week 28, as I say. How is your game week going so far? Ah, do you know what? It's not going too badly. Uh, we won't have talked about this because we obviously missed last week's podcast. But I brought in Reese James and he obviously popped off. He's injured now. So it was a bit of a glass cannon. <laughs> you bring him in, he's a glass cannon. You fire him, um, but you, then he explodes and he, he won't return points for a couple more game weeks now. I'm happy with that decision. Uh, I'm at 58. The Liverpool defence returned. Classic. All of my other players failed. Classic. I think King might be injured, although I'd like to see him try and try and get a game because coming on for him, if he doesn't play, is Bowen, who I benched. I captained Salah for a big three points. And otherwise, I don't know, I'm just sort of hoping that Newcastle get battered by um, by Southampton today because I've got James Ward-Prowse and, and Bro- Broja who are looking to, to potentially prop my team up and give me a bit of an oomph as we go towards the end of the game week. Otherwise, iffy, iffy at best. And a game week that prompted me to make immediate transfer, or an immediate transfer, which I'll tell you about in a second, are a suit before the game week was even over, like, like days ago now, I made this transfer. And I'm sort of coming to regret it looking at all these flags in my team. What about you, Jack? How are you getting on? Yeah, I'm sort of doing similarly, to be honest. I mean, I'm on 60 points. I did take a minus four hit, so down to 56. So you are just slightly ahead of me as it stands at the moment. Like you, I did bring in Reese James for Sergio Reggion, who, you know, I mean, he picked up a goal in their in their game uh, this week. But, you know, he's not. he didn't start. I think Sessegnon now might be injured. So, again, he could come back into the fray but I think that there's a certain uh, Irish right back who might have a thing or two to say about that in terms of the Spurs defensive assets but you know I did bring in Mason Mount as well uh, into my side which I don't know how I feel about that I mean he didn't really do anything in the game uh, in, in their first game in the game week so you know hopefully he can deliver later on this evening away from home against Norwich of course there's a lot of off-field uh, drama that is going on at Chelsea at the moment and I'm not sure how that is going to affect the players and, and you know the people at the club but hopefully they can uh, 
you know, finish the season strong um, under Thomas Tuchel, obviously still vying for that top four spot as well. So, you know what? It is what it is. I mean, I captain Salah like you did. I think it was, look, you can say what you want about, you know, double game weeks and always t- captaining a double game week player. But at the end of the day, you captain the best player for the best side in the league. You win some, you lose some, really. Um, you know, Liverpool are still vying for the title. Um, West Ham are still, you know, trying to focus on finishing in in the top four positions as well. So, you know, it was always going to be a bit of a, a bit of a tough one. But unfortunately, it wasn't to be for, for Salah. I mean, Trent did pick up an assist, which was great. Um, and again, going back to the topic of, you know, favouring double game week players over the single game week players. I started Tino Liveramento ahead of the likes of Robertson and Cancelo in my side. Now, obviously, Cancelo didn't do a lot um, in their game against Manchester United, but Robertson kept a clean sheet, picked up six points, and now it's sort of, you know, focusing on the game between Southampton and Newcastle this evening, where I'm really hoping that Tino can, you know, produce the goods for me. Newcastle, however, on a brilliant run of form at the moment, you know, unbeaten in their last eight games. And yes, I I understand Hassan Hootel's... discretions as it were in terms of the fact that this game has been postponed and and you know it was due to be played before the January transfer window now it's been played after the January transfer window so Newcastle have been able to reinforce their side somewhat but as I say I've got Tino Livramento and Broho in my side so hoping for big things uh, from Southampton this evening I do also have Rafinha and Ramsey who you know respectively didn't do a lot in their games I mean Rafinha looked good um, but he just didn't produce the uh, FPL points return so again you know those two facing off against each other uh, Leeds versus Aston Villa this evening so yeah we'll have to wait and see I'm a bit I wouldn't say confused annoyed maybe or dumbfounded I, I don't really know how to describe how I feel about him and his because I brought him in because you know Wolves seem to be going through a bit of a purple patch as it were he's not he, he hasn't started the last couple of games Obviously, they've got the likes of Neto and, and Podence back, and they also have Huang Chan back as well. So it seems like there might be a bit more competition for him. Maybe, you know, it is because he's just coming back from maybe a bit of an injury or, or whatever. But yeah, there seems to be a bit more rotation risk now with, with those Wolves uh, attacking assets. But hey, like I say, we've got four more fixtures left to play. This evening, Norwich versus Chelsea, Southampton versus Newcastle, Wolves versus Watford, and of course, Leeds versus Aston Villa. We'll talk about some of the fixtures, some of the sort of standout fixtures from the game week. I think the the one game that really springs to mind in terms of a big hitting fixture, the Manchester derby, Man City won 4-1. And I mean, it's just, what is going on at Manchester United? I, I, I certainly can't figure out the words to describe what is going on at Manchester United. Nick, can can you? Yeah. Poor, terrible, <laughs> toxic mentality is, is what I'm going to say. I think it's pretty, like, I don't know. I, I like to rant about Man United as much as the next guy. I saw a really fun article that said, it's actually already boring to say that Man United are bad because they've been bad for so long. Everyone's looking for like a new angle. I love that. I love that they're so bad. People are now bored of saying they're bad. I'm not. They're bad. And, for me, it looks a bit like they just haven't trained for like four years. It looks like players like Rashford, um, Martial, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, Harry Maguire, 
even Bruno Fernandes to an extent, Pogba, all of them, like most of the starting 11, the players who've been there longer look more like this. They just don't train. It looks like they're not fit. They're not drilled. They're not ready to, to, to muck in. I saw this really like telling piece from, well, obviously a lot of people inside, a lot of players inside the Man United camp leak stuff. But I saw this thing from Rashford saying that he was sort of, he wanted clarity over his future and he might be looking to move on after getting dropped for like one game or two games. He's been pants for a year and a half. Like, of course he's going to. And I love that they, they instead of looking outward, they look inside. No, no, instead of looking inside, they look outward. They don't go, is it me? Am I the problem? Can I fix myself? They're like, no, it's everyone else's fault. Personally, I love it. Although I'm a bit angry about it because I just hate people. To, I hate to see English players waste their potential when we've got such a good squad. I'm not that fussed. Like, I love to see United in trouble. As for Man City, they seem to be flying. They, they battered United. They rested a team. They basically rested their players last night in the Champions League because they'd already won the first leg 5-0. I mean, subsequently drew 0-0. I think that people are sleeping on Man City. In order to get double game week players in, in order to sort of make their teams work for the fixtures that are happening at the moment, people are sort of missing out on some potential good Man City assets. I think I've picked one that's okay. I've got Foden and he's got a couple of goals recently, but nothing spectacular, although he has started every game for Man City since last year now. And it looks like De Bruyne, absolutely outrageous pick, he got two. Mares, an outrageously good pick, he got two. Bernardo, Gundogan, the, the cheaper midfielders, still returning assists. There's definitely value to be had at Man City, who are playing fluid, exciting football. Um, and it's going under the radar. Whereas United, whew, I mean, is there a single player, Jack? A single player? If you, if you were forced, and it wasn't De Gea... If you were forced to take an outfield player at Man United, like, would you just delete your FPL team? Because I would. I wouldn't pick any of them. They're all they're all scrubs. It's a bit of a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, if, if I had to choose any of them, you know, you, you, you'd have to go with Bruno Fernandes. But even then, you know, the, the, the sort of output that he's producing at the moment or lack of output, shall we say, it's, you know... It, you, You'd be hard pressed to choose him over, you know, someone like KDB, maybe someone like Son, or even, you know, push the funds elsewhere in your squad to maybe afford the likes of Harry Kane uh, as well. And I think certainly, you know, no one in that United side lights my world on fire, as it were. You know, I'm, I'm not excited watching that Man United side. I mean, granted, you know, it was against City, and that game, as we know, is always, always difficult, but. Even in the previous games that they've been playing, and I mean, you know, Watford held them to a draw. Um, you know, they picked up a, a good win against Leeds, but then again, who isn't scoring, you know, three or four goals past at least defence these days, to be honest. But aside from that, you know, they don't really look like they are, as you say, they don't look like they are a well-oiled team, as it were. They don't look like that. There's no when they lose the ball. There is no urgency for any of those sort of midfield players to actively want to track back and win it back. And conversely, what we saw from that City side was that willingness to, you know, close down the ball. If, if you lose the ball against Man City, you have two or three players pressing you instantly, trying to win it back so that they can control the game. And I think, you know, for periods of that second half, City had, you know, 80-90% of the possession and it was just ridiculous to see how how they played. And I think you're right in terms of, you know, 
people sort of maybe not turning a blind eye, but certainly being more attracted by players who potentially have a double game week over the likes of some of the Man City assets. Because as you say, I think that there is brilliant value to be found, even with the likes of KDB. I mean, KDB is still technically a differential, you know, he's 8.1% owned, sub 12 million. If, if you can't quite stretch to the likes of Kane and you want to have sort of two premium midfielders in your side, then I certainly think that, you know, beefing up the midfield and going with someone like KDB is, is certainly a way to go. I mean, obviously, Guardiola does have his eyes set on the Champions League and, and has done ever since he's joined Man City. But I do think that still, you know, the likes of KDB will play a vital role in them winning the title this season again. So, yeah, I think that there is definite value to be found in that Man City side. And as you say, I mean, Foden, although he didn't do anything in terms of FPL uh, returns in this game, you, you always sort of feel when... Guardiola plays him through the middle, which he has done quite often this season. You always sort of feel that he can be the person that will provide you a goal or two. So, yeah, I, I think that there are certainly some City assets that, that we need to be considering. And, and I think certainly, you know, their defenders, it goes without saying, I think Cancelo, oddly enough, I think he might have had a price drop um, because a lot of people would have been uh, getting rid of him to try and bring in a Chelsea defender uh, for the double. So, yeah, I mean, fair play. He didn't, you know, he conceded and, and didn't get any uh, points returns. But, you know, I think Cancelo is a fantastic pick. I think uh, Ruben Diaz being out now for a prolonged period, I don't know if he's going to be back before the end of the season, but I think there certainly opens avenues for the likes of, you know, someone like Laporte to, to come into a lot of size. And again, someone who's potentially being overlooked for the likes of some of these, uh, you know, more attacking uh, defenders. So, you know, I, I, as I say, I think that there is definite value to be found. Uh, we are going to talk about the Aston Villa versus Southampton game because this was a game where obviously a lot of FPL managers in a bit of a conundrum going into the game week as to who to captain in their sides. And the armband found its way in a lot of teams onto the likes of Philippe Coutinho. Now we, as we've said before, Big fans of Philippe Coutinho, yet neither of us own him in our FPL sides. Nick, why on earth is that? Ah, oh, it's silly, isn't it? Silly, silly little game, FPL. Um, I don't know. I think it's because he's a bit of an overperformer, isn't he? And I don't think, I don't think anyone predicted that Villa, after their string of sort of recent results where they've struggled a bit and have tried different formations and different tactics. I don't think anyone really thought that Villa were going to batter Southampton 4-0, especially seeing as Southampton have been quite good recently. And um, it came as a bit of a shock. <laughs> it came as a bit of a shock. It's a shame to get punished so harshly because, obviously, Salah could have returned m tens of points, but unfortunately just hit the post a bunch or missed chances. I, I, I think it's just bad luck, Jack. I really do. And... Although I've made a midfield transfer this week, I still haven't brought in Coutinho. I've brought in someone else instead. Teasing you there with a bit of, of, of my transfer plan. And I, I really just don't want a Villa player, even after their 4-0. We'll see how they do against Leeds this evening, of course. But it's hard It's hard to want to pick someone. Watkins looks all right. Ings looks good if he's fit and playing. But there's huge question marks there. Coutinho... Don't know. Maybe he's just really good. Maybe maybe I'm just being foolish. What, what do you think? Are you are you are you going to 
Are you about to make big Coutinho-based moves, Jack? Not yet. Um, I think that, you know, don't get me wrong, as I've said, he is a fantastic FPL asset. And I think that, you know, we saw it with when, when he was at Liverpool previously. And obviously, you know, that was a few years ago now. And I think that you and I were both of the same sort of train of thought where we didn't think that he would be able to reproduce sort of similar levels of performances to, to what he had done uh, a few seasons back. So I, I think he's a fantastic player. I think at the moment, the way that my team is set up and, and the structure of my team, it's, I wouldn't say it's impossible, but it does seem, you know, I will have to make a few moves in order to try and work him into my side should I decide to do so. But I do think that there are some other promising Aston Villa assets if you want them. You know, the likes of Watkins, the likes of Ings, as you say, I think that those two can provide fantastic value uh, where other strikers aren't perhaps f- performing. Um, I think uh, Stephen Gerrard came out and said, you know, going into the game, they, things hadn't been working for them. So he decided to sort of mix it up and play those two as, uh, you know, more central strikers, play sort of two number nines with Coutinho sort of filling in just behind them. And and I think that so far, it seems to be working out for them. You know, they've, they've had the rubber to green, as it were. They, they've been on relatively OK form. But yeah, I do think that there is some potential in terms of those Aston Villa assets. I currently own Jacob Ramsey purely on the fact that, you know, when I bought him in, he was, I think, what, 4.4, 4.5 million. So he was the cheaper of the two and, and he is sort of more more or less nailed in that starting 11, shall we say, for the time being. Um, and yeah, I think, again, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult for me just to try and warrant or to try and even come up with the funds to try and bring him in without completely disrupting other areas of my team. So, yeah, I, I think that that's pure, purely the only reason why I haven't sort of bitten the bullet and uh, brought him in. But, you know, it could come back to could come back to bite us if he does, of course, bang against Leeds this evening. We'll move on to a club that I sort of touched on earlier, who's going through a bit of a, a, bit of a difficult time at the moment off the pitch. But that's Chelsea, your beloved Chelsea, Nick. They ran away 4-0 winners against Burnley away from home in their first game in what seems like forever, to be honest with Chelsea. Obviously, they were away at the Club World Cup and they had a bunch of games postponed and whatever. But they came back willing to prove a point that they are, you know, still in it and and still fighting for that top four, uh, maybe even top three finish come the end of the season. As I said earlier, Mason Mount didn't, didn't do anything. Reese James came back into the starting eleven after surviving the Carabao Cup final. And uh, yeah, picked up a goal, picked up an assist, kept a clean sheet, got all three bonus points as well. And as you said, you know, he got subbed off early and is now subsequently injured for, well, I guess at least a couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, I think FBL managers are certainly faced with a decision in terms of whether or not they decide to keep him in their side. Elsewhere, Havertz scored two goals, Pulisic scored one and uh, set up one as well. So, yeah, the Chelsea offensive assets seem to be, you know, given their run now until the end of the season as well. I think, you know, you look at their fixtures and from now until the end of the season, really, I mean, the only two tough opponents that they face on paper are, are, I mean, Man United and Arsenal. Obviously, Man United, given their current state, that could actually be a fairly decent fixture for the likes of Chelsea. Are you looking at potentially bringing in any of the Chelsea offensive assets to, you know, target those fixtures? Well, I would like to have another opportunity to Captain Havertz. 
um, for him to not be involved in any goals in a big 7-0. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, we won't be able to do that against Norwich because that game's today. So I've really missed the boat on that one. But uh, I, I, I had my eye on Ziyech before he got injured. And now with him returning quite shortly, I think he's been in training, it still leaves questions, right? There's still Werner, there's still Lukaku, there's still Pulisic, there's still Callum Hudson-Odoi. Um, it's it's kind of tough to to pick the right players. And I think just because Havertz has paid off, especially for the punters this week, doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to pay off long term. For me, it's a no. For me, it's I'm not going to get any Chelsea assets in. I'm worried about that in terms of rotation, especially because Chelsea are probably going to win the Champions League this year. So they'll have to be rested well for that. I'm a bit upset about James being injured because he was phenomenal. However, I think I've got the sort of team set up where I can just keep him in my team, rest him or have him benched for a couple of weeks. And then eventually he'll come back in six, like in three game weeks or something and, and it'll be fine. Otherwise, I'm, not, I'm just not that fussed about Chelsea assets. They, as you said, you alluded to some drama off the pitch, um, which means that effectively the club has been frozen um, because of Roman Abramovich's involvement in, in Russia and and it means that for fans, for FPL, they can't buy any tickets to go to games unless they're season ticket holders any lot anymore. And stadiums are going to be quite empty or they're going to start to get empty um, as, as the weeks roll by and we get into the zones where people have bought fewer and fewer tickets. And I don't know what sort of impact that's going to have at the club as well. And it could have a really negative impact where players start thinking about their contracts. They start thinking about where, they're going, where their paycheck's going to come from, where they're going to move to. And it could be that there's a lot of downed tools um, over the next few weeks. So I'm not as hot on Chelsea assets right now. And I, and I think they're a bit of a hard avoid for me, although I'll certainly hold James for the for the foreseeable future just to see how that goes until I've got like a free transfer to get rid of him. But no, Jack, I, honestly, I'm not rushing to bring in any of these guys. There's so many issues with them. Why? Are you, are you, are you happy with Mason Mount or are you looking to, to do something? I mean, I... I specifically bought Mason Mountain for for this double as you know you know bringing in the Chelsea assets to target this you know relatively favorable double game week for them I mean granted away from home twice it's never going to be easy but after that just play against Burnley and, and playing against Norwich as well you know in a similar vein to when Newcastle and to when Liverpool played uh their double against Leeds and Norwich you know they are two favorable fixtures for you know, top four teams. So you, you you want to be able to target those. And I think that that was what I was sort of going with. And and I'm keeping everything crossed, hoping that Mason Mount can can perform this evening and, and, and hopefully, you know, turn my sort of mini red arrow as it stands into a, into a bit of a green one. But yeah, I mean, as far as it goes in terms of wanting to bring in any other Chelsea players, I mean... I said going into the game week, it was really a toss-up between the likes of Mount and, and Havertz. I did go with Mount in the end, but it wasn't to be. But yeah, I mean, past that, as you say, with the rotation risk coming in, when they uh, eventually have to play in the uh, knockout stage of the Champions League again, it, it could be a bit of a risk. But then again, it could also be a bit of a risk for several of the Premier League sides who are, of course, involved in not just the Champions League, but in Europa League and, and the Conference League as well, where the rotation will begin and uh, start hitting some teams a bit tougher than, uh, than than others. But, I mean, Chelsea should have the squad depth to be able to, to cope with that. Um, yeah, I'm not 
I'm, I'm not jumping the gun on, on Chelsea players as much as I would be on, on some other players from some other teams. And, and one of those teams that I do want to just talk about before we uh, sort of move on to look ahead to Game Week 29 and beyond, two of those teams actually, Arsenal and Spurs, the North London sides, Arsenal winning, just about winning against a, a late comeback from Watford, 3-2. Man of the show, really, in, in that one has to be Bukayo Saka. I mean, the way that he's come back and, you know, after the heartbreak of, of last year and, and everything that happened surrounding that as well. And, and I think the way that he's sort of come back and, you know, he's having his best goal-scoring season so far for Arsenal. And, and you know, it's uh, fantastic for him. And I think that he is so, you know, so much of a focus point in that side now. And he definitely is looking like someone that I may want to have from now until the end of the season because in a similar vein to Chelsea, Arsenal's fixture run from now until the end of the season does look pretty nice as well. And the other side, again, Spurs. You've got the likes of Kane in there. You've got Son, who we both own. You've got Kulusevski, who, again, you know, coming out of nowhere and, and picking up assist after assist, goal after goal, and, and seems like he could be a fantastic option if you want to have some Spurs coverage going forward and you can't afford the likes of Kane or Son. But yeah, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, as I alluded to earlier, there's one name that, you know, I mean, he was a bit of a, a bit of an FPL legend a few seasons back with Wolves when he was picking up goals and assists for fun with them and also keeping clean sheets as well. But Matt Doherty seems to have uh, sort of come back into the limelight, as it were, for that Spurs side. Over the last two game weeks, you know, picking up a goal and, a, and an assist against Leeds and then picking up two assists and the clean sheet against Everton as well. It's it's just phenomenal work. And I think that, you know, they, they, they spent so much time bringing in Emerson Royal and wanting coverage for the right-back spot. And it seems as if they've had a, you know, a, a right-back who plays to the strength of the attacking players in that side all along in Matt Doherty. And now I know that you are going to, you know, say... Doherty's overrated or, or whatever and, and he's not going to keep it up and that Spurs defence doesn't look great and, and hasn't looked great over the course of the of the season. But right now, surely at 4.7 million with such low ownership, if you were looking for a budget-friendly defender, are you going to look past the likes of Matt Doherty? Ah, uh, sugar. I think that Conte obviously came out and said that he hated Emerson. And I agree, Jack. I do love the look of Matt Doherty. With a manager who knows how he wants him to play um, and knows how to play to his strengths. Uh, with Kulusevski, who... It's it's weird to think about the actual football. You said his name right. Yeah, well, I've been practising him in my spare time. <laughs> you just listened to me say it. You just wanted to hear me say no, it first so you didn't I look promise like a fool. You, I promise you, I've been genuinely practising. I've been... I've, <laughs> I do I do a lot of running at the moment. I just have so much time <laughs> where I'm just like running along. Like, Are you well, jogging along? Kulusevski, Kulusevski. Kulusevski, yeah. Kulusevski, <laughs> yeah. Kulusevski. <laughs> That's exactly what I do. Um. He, he blinks up well, Doherty. Like, they do one-twos on the edge of the box that Doherty's been, back in the Mourinho days, back in the Nuno days, he wanted that and he was looking for those one-twos to be returned. But whoever it was, Mora, Mora or, or um, Lamella or whichever joker was out on that side, they weren't returning the ball to him. But Kulusevski absolutely is. And there's a bit of a link up there that shouldn't go unnoticed. And I think he's very strong. The problem, of course, is that you can't predict Spurs' results. 
and they can they can beat Everton five nil one week, but lose to Burnley one nil the next. It, it's completely random when they perform. Um, but that doesn't matter with a budget option because you're not captaining them. You're just looking to get the points long term. So yeah, someone that I'm really thinking about, especially with James injured for so. If Chelsea look bad going on to game week thirty one and beyond, or if James looks injured for longer than currently is being said, then uh, I absolutely think that Doherty's the one, and and I'm keeping a close eye on him. I love that you covered you covered some really good you co- you almost comprehensively covered the Arsenal and Spurs assets where the value really does look to be at the moment, and uh, I agree with you, Re Saka, who another sort of tactical thing at Arsenal where it looks like they're playing quite convincingly down that sort of side now for him. And all the attacks seem to be going through Saka and there's quite a lot of really clever link-up. I'm into that. That's my new strategy is I'm going to look at who's linking up well and and, and pick them. So I'm big on Saka. I'm, I'm no fool. I'm not, I'm not jumping on it straight away, but I'm interested in, in Doherty and Kulusevski. And um, I regret nothing about getting rid of Regulon because crumbs. What a what a what a what a clown! What an absolute clown! He made a mockery of me. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm in the same boat as you. I mean, yes, I know that you know. As I mentioned earlier, Sessegnon seems to be out now, so it looks maybe as if Regulon will be in that left back position for at least a few games. Um, but I do think that you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, if you're looking for value in that in that. Spurs defensive line I think you can't really look past Matt Doherty at, at the moment in the way that that Spurs side has been playing and of course you know that that added impetus I guess from the likes of Harry Kane where you know he's come out and said that you know he, his goal for next season he wants to be playing he wants to be back playing Champions League football of course he does and and you know I think that that sort of maybe given him a bit of a boost in terms of, you know, wanting to try and get that Spurs side into the top four so that he can be playing Champions League football. And and certainly it does, uh, you know, with the likes of Antonio Conte at the helm as well. And, you know, we saw what he can do at Chelsea when when he was uh, their manager. So I think, yeah, I think that Kane is looking like a good option as well. It's very difficult to try and fit him into the team with all the other players that that you want to have. You know the sort of big hitting defenders that we alluded to earlier as well, who seem to be taking up quite a bit of our FPL funds. Um, it's, it's very difficult to try and fit in all of these good players that you want to have, and it seems as if you know Kane is looking set for a fantastic run uh, from now until the end of the season if he can, of course, keep it up. And of course, he has penalties in his back pocket as well. So, yeah. We are now going to move on. I don't want to spend too much time talking about the games this evening, but we are going to move on to talk about our plans in terms of our FPL teams and and where we're currently at and sort of our best ways that we are looking to try and tackle not only double game week 29, but of course we have blank game week 30. We also have a few postponed fixtures that still need to be rescheduled. Um, And we've also got the sort of uh, quandary of some yellow flags in our teams as well, namely Reese James, who, you know, we can drop down to the bench. And, and obviously, you know, we've missed out on a double with him um, and he will be playing against Newcastle. So, you know, won't be playing against Newcastle, as it were. We've also got Cancelo, who, you know, Guardiola came out and said that he's suffering from a bit of an illness. I don't know if that was, you know, a genuine true illness or, or whether or not he's playing a bit of a mind games with some of the teams and, you know, just sort of, saying that he's out and, and injured just so that he, or out and ill 
so that he can get a bit of a rest before the uh, upcoming fixtures. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. But it's looking like Cancelo is maybe a bit more likely to start uh, going into the game week 29 than, than the likes of Rhys James. I haven't made any changes to my team yet, but I know that you have. Who? What What have you done and, and, and how are you looking to set up your team going forward over the next uh, you know three or four game weeks? Oh, what have I done, Jack? What have I done? I've I've gone bow into Saka. That's what I've done. I saw Saka pop off and I, he looked very good. And you mentioned him already; he's pretty strong. And I just straight up bought him in. I um, I've come to the end of my tether with Bow. And at the time, I thought he was injured for longer than he was. It turns out that his injury is kind of minor. I think that they're going to struggle with Europe. I think that Bowen's about to sort of struggle himself. And I can't stand owning West Ham players, so I, I went straight to Saka. I like his I like his fixtures long term, and Although the double includes Liverpool, I'm looking at that as like a bonus point, right? He's got one game week. He's got one game this week and a bonus point against Liverpool for just turning up, which is all I want. Um, and I'm and I'm happy with that. Moving forwards, I think I'm almost almost have to now um, uh, have to to free hit in, in game week thirty. It's been on my mind. It's been part of my plans roughly for 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 as long as as long as we like the, the most of the season, but. Um, it's something that I've basically committed to at this point by not aggressively targeting game week 30 players. And then by that, I mean, I've obviously got rid of Bowen. I know that Saka has a game in 30, but if I wanted to target game week 30, I'd have kept Bowen and got rid of someone who didn't have a game in 30, for example. And um, I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty thrilled about it. I've got, I've got a team that is ticking along nicely. It's getting good points. I've got Foden and I've got Cancelo who do have some very, very good fixtures coming up, uh, especially after Liverpool. And I don't know, I, uh, I'm happy with it. I'm just sort of just vibing. I haven't got any plans for after 30. Um, there's players that I'd love to be able to bring in, but like sorting out my strikers up front or, or my goalkeeper, but I don't have that luxury at the moment. And if I'm free hitting next week so so the moment we're preparing for 29 i'll be free hitting after 29 in order to for 30 to happen i i only really get seven or so or eight or whatever transfers until the end of the season i don't know if i'll ever be able to get rid of De Gea. i really don't and i might just have to limp through with him um i'd love to get rid but i can't i, I might have to do something about james or i might just hold him and hope for the best and then I, as i said i've got this this terrible stuff up front where i've got i've got jay rodriguez um, King and Bro- Broja and oh, what a nightmare! So I'm happy enough with my team, and I'm I'm almost sort of excited to the end of the season where I don't have to look at some of these jokers I've got up front any longer. What about you? I know that you've got a lot of plans, and you've been thinking potentially about not even not even free hitting in thirty. Do you want to do you want to tell me more about that? Do I have to? <laughs> I'd love to hear. <laughs> so no, so look, I. My my plan in a similar vein to you was always looking at free hitting in game week thirty, purely based on the fact that again, in a similar manner to you, my squad does not have a lot of players who play in game week thirty. So, you know, you look at the teams who do play in game week thirty and it's and it's not it's not really the most appealing blank game week, as it were. You know, you've got Wolves versus Leeds, Aston Villa versus Arsenal, Leicester versus Brentford and Spurs versus West Ham. You've got, you know, no City game, no Liverpool game. I think a lot of FPL managers will have a lot of players from those sides. Yeah, that's why I'm sort of having second thoughts about it. But even then, you know, 
it, it it then comes down to the question of well, do I just tank it, take some hits, and you know try to get seven or eight players out, and then use my free hit at some point down the line, or do I activate the free hit and and just forget about it? And it's it's difficult for me because I've been looking at sort of a couple of transfers going into game week twenty nine and and sort of trying to target players who not only double in game week 29 but also have a fixture in game week 30 and now that is that is a limited pool of players because the only teams that actually will have a double in 29 and then also play in game week 30 are Arsenal and Spurs so I've only got one Spurs player in my side I have no Arsenal players in my side I've only got Son in my team as I mentioned earlier I bought in Mount to try and target the double fixtures. I know that they host Newcastle uh, going into Game Week 29, but then there's that issue of them not having a fixture in Game Week 30. So if I was looking to get rid of him, then it would be now, and, and I would be getting rid of him now. And, and, you know, I would be looking at either bringing in the likes of Kulosevsky or Saka, just purely based on the fact that, you know, they play for sides that are in a bit of a good run of form at the moment. I want to try and keep Reese James if I can. If if we, you know, if news breaks that he's out until the end of the season, then of course it's it's a hard sell and and you just move on with it. But I am looking at potentially getting rid of Livramento because obviously downgrading Mount to Saka or downgrading him to to Kulosevsky would free up about a million plus of funds and it, what that would then allow me to do is, is go from Tino up to someone like Doherty. Now, I've, I've taken so many hits already this season and it just feels a bit, I don't know. Obviously, I guess when it comes to a double game week, you know, the sort of hits count for nothing really if, if provided the players that you bring in actually play, you know, the full sort of 90 minutes across both games then you know that you'll be sort of breaking even as it were if you're taking a minus four. Even then, you know, that would, I think only... I mean, that, that would increase my player count for game week 30 by two. I think that takes it from like four or five up to, you know, six or seven. So even then, I'm still not looking in a great position if I wanted to try and avoid using my free hit in 30. It's, it's that thing with, with the free hits as well. You can either use them to aggressively attack a double game week or you use them to successfully navigate a blank game week. And because we don't know a lot more about any of the sort of rescheduled fixtures that, that are yet to be uh, confirmed for the sort of last 10 games or so, then it makes it a bit more difficult to try and want to, you know, avoid having to to use it. Because I think that, you know, we, we are given a lot of notice in terms of when the double game weeks will be. Um, and, and certainly there are a lot of people on, on uh, FPL social media, namely Ben Krellin, who, you know, does a lot of work in trying to predict when the doubles when the doubles will be and and who is going to be specifically doubling in uh given in, in any given game week. So there's a lot of information that we can use as FPL managers to try and successfully tackle this sort of tough period, as it were. And especially you know with all of the COVID postponements that that happened earlier on in the season, there are still a lot of games that do need to be rescheduled more than any other season. So. Yeah, I mean, that that's where my head is at at the moment. I'm sort of in two minds at the moment. I mean, I do want to make those two transfers. That That is what I'm sort of planning to do unless I hear any, you know, news about injuries before the uh, game week deadline. 
does come into effect. So, yeah, Saka in for Mount and, and Doherty in for Tino is, is sort of where my head is at at the moment. I am toying with the idea of, you know, if, if I was to avoid taking or if I wanted to avoid using my free hit, it would mean that I would potentially have to take a minus 12 across two game weeks. So, you know, minus four this week, maybe a, a minus eight next weekend. Do you really want to take a minus eight going into a game week where you're only going to have eight players, nine players playing and there's only going to be four fixtures? I don't I don't really know. So, yeah, it's, it's playing my mind. What will probably end up happening as we move on into game week 30 is I'll, I'll make like two changes to my side and then just before the deadline, I'll be like, you know what? I'm just going to activate my free hit and just make a bunch of changes in like the last half an hour and, and target the fixtures in, in blank game week. Because again, without knowing a lot more information in terms of, you know, when the when the doubles are going to be for the rest of the season, it's a, a bit difficult. I think it's looking likely that there's going to be a pretty big double in game week uh, 36. Uh, I do still have my wild card, my second wild card in my back pocket, which I'm feeling pretty happy about. And I've still got the bench boost as well. Um, so, you know, I could use those towards the end of the season to set my team up to hopefully get, you know, at least, you know, 30 players out, as it were, um, from my side going into double game week 36, which would be, I mean, it would be fantastic. And, and hopefully it would, you know, help me push up higher in terms of the overall rankings. But yeah, it's uh, these are the sort of thoughts that play on my mind day in, day out, honestly. I, I don't think there's been a day over the last uh, God knows how long uh, since the season began, really, where I haven't, you know, spent some time at least messing around with transfers on, on the old FBR app. Oh, gosh, Jack. It sounds like you're in a bit of turmoil, to be honest. Although I <laughs> I fully believe in Saka, if that helps you at all in your decision-making. Oh, yeah, no, I, like I say, I want to target those two teams specifically. I wish I had the ability to bring in Kane, the way that my team is set up and, and the amount of like heavy hitting defenders I have as well. And, and yeah, just the funds in the midfield, it seems a bit like unfeasible at the moment. Um, I mean, I'm in a similar boat with you in terms of the strikers as well. You know, you've got Dennis in there, you've got Broher in there and, and Jimenez, as I mentioned earlier, is not really starting games. Hopefully he starts uh, this evening and, and can pick up a goal or two, but we'd have to wait and see on that point. But I think that certainly now, having spent the last you know 25 weeks 26 weeks or so talking about how none of the premium forwards are delivering something seems to have clicked in Kane's mind and the way that Conte's got that Spurs side playing that now he is that go-to premium striker if you do want to have a premium striker in your side and I think having a premium striker as well as a, a premium midfielder in Mo Salah is, is certainly where I want to be in, in, in a few game weeks time man I can't. I don't know if I can do that. I, I genuinely. I already said it. I don't know if I can do that until the end of the, like before the end of the season. So I'm a bit jealous that you have a wild card left, and I'm just going to sort of have to hack it and hope that my hodgepodge bunch of jokers manage to uh, to do something. I'd, I'd love this evening. You're right. You, you want Brozier. I want a bit of that and Ward Prowse. To be honest, Jack. I'd love for Ward Prowse to just do something. Just anything. Just, <laughs> he, he, he scored in the FA Cup the other day. Good for him, right? Um, I'd like some FPL points, please. So that's where I'm at with it. Praying for some results tonight to go our way, eh? Yeah, fair enough. I think I think a lot of people will be in a similar boat as well. Yeah, I, I think that that's where we're going to end it. Obviously, we do have uh, Game Week 29 
uh, just around the corner as soon as Game Week 28 ends. The deadline for that will be 11 o'clock on, on Saturday morning. So hopefully everyone can get their FBL transfers confirmed. And just to recap, the teams who are going to be playing twice in that game week. Spurs, Brighton, Arsenal, Liverpool, Everton and Newcastle will all be playing twice in double game week 29. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to risk it and go for some of the Everton or Newcastle assets on your head, be it. But I think, you know, this week, more than ever, just play it safe. I think we're all in agreement, really. I mean, I think there's going to be two captaincy choices. We haven't really talked about captains, but I think it's going to be one of two players. It's either going to be Harry Kane or it's going to be Mo Salah. I think you and I, not owning Harry Kane, going to be put on Salah, no doubt, right? Cake, isn't it? It's easiest decision. Easiest decision so far. I think what we have to be wary of is a lot of people who didn't activate their triple captaincy a few game weeks ago in game week 26, where Salah returned 28 points, are going to obviously be now targeting this week to uh, activate their triple captain and put it on either the likes of uh, Salah or Kane or maybe even Son as well. So, yeah, we're going to be back next week recording, reviewing all of the games from Double Game Week 29. And then, of course, I might have a decision in my head as to whether or not I'm going to play a free hit. I can't wait. I can't wait.